From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, July 27th. Despite challenges due to weather and supply shortages, cleanup is on track at the Uranium Mill Tailings Remedial Action, or UMTRA, site near Moab. Justin Higginbottom speaks with the federal cleanup director on what's been done so far and plans for the future. The Department of Energy took over the job of moving some 16 million tons of tailings in 2001. Those tailings are waste material left over from the former Atlas Minerals Corporation facility. And they're what greeted visitors as they first drove into town. Right now, we're about 75% through. Uh, We'll celebrate 13 million tons moved here, hopefully the end of September, first couple weeks of October. That's Russell McAllister. He's the federal cleanup director for the UMTRA site. The tailing mounds have become significantly smaller in the last decade. The material is being moved away from the Colorado River, 32 miles north to a permanent disposal site. McAllister says moving the tailings in this summer's extreme heat has been a challenge. It, it wrecks havoc on our equipment. It wrecks havoc on our guys. Recently, workers had to change their shifts to lessen heat exposure, and the weather is taking a toll on the large earth movers scuttling around the area. We are coming to the the end of life expectancy of some of the equipment out there. Um, I don't want to buy brand new equipment only to have to throw it away in five years. He says getting new equipment has also been hard due to supply chain issues impacting the whole country. We've had problems already with supply chain issues. It's not compromised the project yet, but you know, before you used to buy stuff just in time, now we're trying to buy stuff and stockpile it. Workers at the site frequently spray the soil with water to minimize dust, but high winds this summer have still occasionally kicked up dirt. McAllister says some of that dust does contain radio particulates, but air quality is monitored on and off the site, and residents shouldn't be worried about radiation exposure. We do see fluctuations, nothing that ever goes above a regulatory threshold, so we feel we're pretty confident about being protective of the human health and, and the environment there. Meanwhile, a recent county steering committee for the cleanup brought up lobbying efforts to get the DOE to turn the land over eventually to the county. The committee started planning for how to decide what to do with the area once it becomes available for development. It'll be an important discussion in a valley where land is at a premium. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. Flooding along Mill and Pack Creeks yesterday. Heavy rainfall over last year's burn area in the LaSalle Mountains sent a debris flow of rocks, mud, vegetation, and other loose materials through the town creeks. In a video posted Tuesday evening by the Moab Sun News, Mill Creek was running fast and muddy. The Sun reported that it overtopped the bike path near the Bike Skills Park. So it seemed like there was a big storm parked over LaSalle's for, for quite a while that dumped a bunch of water. So Mill Creek and Pack Creek both came up significantly. Chris Wilkowski, U.S. Geological Survey hydrologist and Moab Field Office chief, the USGS monitors Mill and Pack Creeks with gauges. Their upstream gauge showed Mill Creek was as high as 10 feet, traveling over 1,000 cubic feet per second. For context, Mill Creek has typically been running around 3 feet high and traveling about 5 cubic feet per second. Wilkowski has crews out there today to verify the gauge data. They go and mark the high water marks from the flood. Um, and then we'll go back probably in a couple of weeks and we'll survey in those high water marks and we'll, we'll do a calculation that should get us a better estimate of what that 
that peak flow value was. The gauge at Pack Creek Road showed the water body spike to nine and a half feet Tuesday evening. The gauge is new and has not yet been calibrated to estimate CFS. But if Wilkowski had to make an educated guess, I would say a couple hundred CFS, probably maybe 500. Last night, Wilkowski and his team were stationed at their gauge near the Colorado River, where they observed interesting color differences in the water. The difference in the Pack Creek water versus the Mill Creek water when we were waiting for it down at the lowest gauge that's down close to the Colorado River. Um, it started out really black from the Pack Creek, from the burn scar. And then after, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, then it turned to more of a typical brownish-reddish. That must have been more Mill Creek water. Anticipating flooding on Tuesday, local law enforcement closed roads along Pack Creek, including Old City Park and Shumway Lane. They also announced a closure for the power dam area at Mill Creek and walking paths near the creek area in the city. However, that didn't stop people in town from gathering to watch the event. People out checking out the floods all over town. I noticed that. <laughs> it's interesting to be driving around and seeing people get excited. It was a, a fun one to watch, I guess. You can sign up for alerts on Pack and Mill Creeks at the USGS website. Search for USGS Water Alert and look on the map to find gauges to subscribe to. The National Weather Service expects widespread showers and thunderstorms across eastern Utah and western Colorado for Thursday and Friday. The James Webb Space Telescope is already surpassing expectations, and astronomers in our region are gearing up for a world of discoveries. John Reed with our partners at KUER reports. Utah scientists helped design and build the telescope. And now they'll use it to peer into the universe with unprecedented detail. For Zhang Zhang, that's a dream many years in the making. He's a University of Utah physicist who will be one of two local scientists to use the telescope in the first round of observation time. He says the new images are already showing some of the oldest galaxies in the universe. We are seeing the history of the universe, okay, the galaxies from very early on to present day. Okay, you just feel that, you know, now you have a time machine. That time machine will help Jung look at an early period in the universe's history known as reionization to see how it began. For now, NASA astrophysicist Nicole Colon says the first images prove the telescope survived its journey a million miles into space. I, I guess I'm not surprised that Webb is capable of this, you know, but it's still a pleasant surprise to see just how beautifully it works kind of like right out of the box. Scientists anticipate it'll help answer some of the most enduring questions about the universe, like how it formed and if there's life beyond Earth. It might also raise new ones we never thought to ask. John Reed, KUER News. This report is from our partners at KUER. Mental health advocates say a new 988 suicide and crisis lifeline could save the lives of many Utahns and others facing mental health crises. Mark Richardson, with our partners at the Public News Service, reports. The new three-digit number is a shorthand version of the previous 10-digit National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that has been in use since 2005. The new number links callers to a local mental health help center based on their area code. Rachel Lasinski, Director of Community Crisis Intervention with the Huntsman Mental Health Institute, says saving the time it takes to look up an unfamiliar number could make the difference for someone in a crisis. We're confident that if folks can remember 911, that, that they can definitely remember 988 in an easier way, and that remembering that and accessing the service it could be the difference in keeping someone alive in a suicidal crisis. The 988 system 
system was first proposed in 2014 by a Utah legislator who had experienced a suicide in his family. Subsequent efforts to pass the measure failed, but Congress finally approved the plan in 2020. Lusinski says the Utah crisis team currently handles an average of 8,600 calls a month. She says while most of them are people looking for information, a significant number are individuals dealing with a personal crisis. We know that the Utah crisis line really is effective for folks in accessing 24-7 life-saving services, being connected immediately to a crisis worker who can help de-escalate a situation and help keep folks safe during emotional and potentially suicidal crises. The State Department of Health reports from 2018 to 2020, Utah had the sixth highest adjusted suicide rate in the U.S. with an average of 657 incidents per year. Lusinski says if someone you know is facing a crisis, you can call 988 to get them help. It doesn't have to be just you that you're calling in for. If you're worried about a friend or family member or co-worker, you can call 988 and ask questions. Mark Richardson reporting. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, July 27th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.